0: Welcome back to yet another episode of the Through the Banner podcast, the first one for 2021. It's a big year ahead for everyone on the podcast. It's a big year ahead in general. Thank goodness 2020 is over. And with me to see in the new year on the podcast is Patty Grinlay all the way in rural Victoria. Patty, how are you? Good to see you. I'm Patty. good,
1: Casper. Yeah. Good to see you and happy new year as well, mate. Yeah, it's good to be here. Looking forward to a year where hopefully we don't have the interruptions that we did last year. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully being able to go to the footy. Uh. Desperate for that since March last year. It is strange to be sitting here 12 months on and wondering, you know, about the last year of football, what we were thinking, a similar point last year. But it's exciting to be talking about the upcoming season. It's exciting to be looking at a season of... 22 games, 20-minute-length 20 quarters, games at the MCG, games that aren't exclusively played in the one or two states. So I'm really, really ecstatic to be here.
0: Yeah, it should be very interesting. Um, hopefully, hopefully Victoria can get its full uh, slate of games organised. Hopefully New South Wales can have its full slate of games mm. as well. Um, but moving on, this fixture, ep- uh, this episode, excuse me, we'll be discussing the fixture, uh, the 2021 fixture release. Now, before we get started, um, diving into each team's fixtures, what we think are their positives, what we think are their negatives, how we would rate them overall, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just in case any listeners don't know, the first six rounds of the season have their dates and their times all sorted as well as the opponents, while the rest of the year just has the opponents per round. They don't have the dates or the times yet. As the season progresses, the AFL plans to release them in blocks, kind of like what they did uh, this year. Moving on, though, to the Adelaide Crows fixtures. I'll start off with this one. Um, There's a Fox Sports article which points all these points out. So if you don't want to listen to Patty and I, go and check out Fox. Um, Although, please don't. We love having you here. Uh, The Fox Sports article pointed out in their analysis that the Crows play the Swans, Kangaroos, Hawks, Suns, and Dockers within the first six rounds, that's a fantastic start to the season for them and a wonderful opportunity for them to avoid that awful start to the year that they had this year, 0-12 and 12 or 0-13, whatever it was. They um, also play the Giants in round seven and the Power in round eight. Now, normally, showdowns are pretty unpredictable. I know last year was uh, pretty lopsided. And they did beat the Giants late in the season at the Adelaide Oval as well the Crows. So they should feel pretty confident about gaining either their first win of the season somewhere in those uh, first eight games. Now I'll also mention the biggest negative for them, and that is despite the great start to their fixture, It's a brutal stretch after their bye to finish the year. In their final nine games, they play four 2020 finalists, Brisbane, West Coast, and Port Adelaide at home, as well as the Dogs and Ballarat, as well as two teams that just missed out on finals in 2020. Both away, Melbourne at the MCG and the Blues at Marvel Stadium. They also have Essendon at Marvel Stadium sprinkled in there somewhere, as well as Hawthorne and North Melbourne. Now, aside from the Hawthorne and North Melbourne games, I struggle to think where they can win one in that final stretch of the season. Uh, It's going to be a tough, tough, tough finish for these Crows. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not super hopeful for them for their last little, uh, last couple of months or so of the year. Uh, what about you, Patty? Okay, now we got to figure out what
1: the hell's gone on. So, I think before my internet decided it wanted to crash, <laughs> Casper was about to talk about Adelaide. So, for all the listeners at home, I um I've got this this fun little modem which twice a year likes to all of a sudden conk out the internet and you have to reset it. So that just happened about two minutes ago. So bit of excitement. But anyway, we're talking about Adelaide. So, uh, um, The joys of working from home the and reason, the, joys the joys of reason.
0: regional Victorian internet. I get it. I get it. I, 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 Thanks, I adsl
1: too. Okay. your are anyway, talking points on the road. Yeah. So... I was really surprised, but I think this is good for, the, for Adelaide is that they have a Friday night game straight off the bat. Mm. Um, so against the Gold Coast Suns at Adelaide Oval. So I think that'll be a really, really good opportunity and it'll be fantastic, I think, for the club to have a, a nice early blockbuster, which is surprising considering they finished last. Um, however, that is tempered by the Round 1 game, which is an absolute horror show because they have to play the Cats. And while they play them at Adelaide Oval, they also have to deal with the likely debut of Jeremy Cameron, Isaac Smith and Sean Higgins, a Cats team that is going to be out for revenge after losing the grand final, choking in the grand final, really. So I feel like bloodbath is the nice way to put that. But I think the po- positive part of this game is that the, the Adelaide youth brigade which started to really rear up towards the back end of 2020 are going to get a test straight away so they're going to be up for this game so i'm i'm looking forward to that one but it has every indication of being an absolute massacre uh the only real negative apart from that outside of the adelaide for the adelaide fixture naturally finishing last they have a fairly kind fixture the one real downside is having to play west coast twice so that's the, that's the downside for the Crows. But aside from that, a fairly kind fixture. The, the the surprise of having a Friday night game. Um, and, yeah, I think that's about it, really, for, for the Crows. Yep, fair point. That round one game is uh,
0: shaping up to be very tough for them indeed. Moving on to Brisbane, big 2020 season that I think for a lot of Lions supporters ended with um, – extreme disappointment in that prelim final performance but nevertheless big 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 season means a big 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 fixture the next season big games at home versus big victorian teams which if the covid situation in queensland allows for it should draw big crowds for contests against richmond geelong collingwood on easter thursday and Essendon. the joey danaher cup i am christening Mm. it Though they only play twice at the MCG, those games being so close to finals probably holds Brisbane in better stead than if they were earlier in the season. They get two big Victorian clubs at the MCG close to finals. I reckon it will hold them in good
1: stead. Yep. Yeah, that's more
0: positive for Brisbane.
1: Yeah, so they're going to open the season. Um, with a bang with these two back-to-back primetime slots. They've got the Geelong at Geelong game, which is going to be a bit brutal, if I'm being completely honest. But having that as a blockbuster game is going to be really exciting. And they've also got Collingwood up at the Gabba, and I'm really looking forward to that one. There's a lot of payback, I still think, that's owed to Collingwood from Brisbane over the years. And I have, have a feeling that Collingwood are going to start the season – a bit rough. They've had a a lot of change that's happened over the off season period. So that's going to be a really interesting clash. It has every making of being a really close game, but it also has every making of being a bit of a spanking if Brisbane can get their season off. Well, the issues are though, from their, their fixturing is that the AFL respect Brisbane now, which means that they're going to get an absolute like nightmare of a fixture. So they've got Geelong and Richmond twice, which Mm -hmm. is brutal because they have to make that pilgrimage down to the MCG to play the Tigers, which if you have a look at the last couple of times that Brisbane have played at the MCG, you've got a really good game in round 23 of 2019. And then you have the game where they kicked two goals, five over four quarters and got spanked by 90-odd points. So it's a massive opportunity, as you say, for the Lions to really take some scalps and continue to really continue their climb upward they should really be targeting a premiership this year. There's a feeling that they really threw it away in 2020, considering the season they had. So massive year for Brisbane, no second chances. And as you, as we've touched on, they're going to really get an opportunity to strut their stuff and prime time slots early in the season.
0: Yep, absolutely agree with that. Uh, I put for their tough, their negatives, it's a tough um, end to their fixture with matches against Geelong, St. Kilda, Gold Coast, Fremantle and West Coast at home, as well as travelling to play Richmond and Hawthorne away. They also play Adelaide away, and I know, I know, I know uh, that there's going to be somebody listening going, Adelaide? they shouldn't be that difficult to play, but remember how well the Crows played at the end of 2021, uh, end of 2020, excuse me, especially at home, where they beat two... Finals contender, well, two finals contenders, one finals contender and granted one team that was also a dumpster fire, but nevertheless, they won comfortably against said dumpster fire. And so if Brisbane head to the Adelaide Oval thinking that they're going to get an easy win against the Crows late in 2021, I think the Crows are going to give them a massive shock. Additionally, I know I said that they get a couple of games at the MCG late in the season and that's good for their practice, but they also play Collingwood at Marvel Stadium late in the season and surely they would have preferred for that game to be at the MCG. Surely, surely, surely. Anyways, moving on to the Carlton Football Club. What I like about the Blues fixture is that they have good, winnable, double-up matches against uh, Collingwood, Port Adelaide, Gold Coast, GWS, and Fremantle. If Carlton wants to make the finals, they should aim to win anywhere from six to eight of those matches minimum. Uh, Ideally, they should really, really win all of them. Um, Tricky start for the Blues, though. Richmond, Collingwood, Fremantle, Gold Coast, Port Adelaide and Brisbane to start off the year, though almost all of those games are in Melbourne. The one that isn't is on the Gold Coast against the Suns, where the Blues have struggled to win matches over the last few seasons. And the Suns always start the season really well, especially at home need uh should do i have to mention the uh round four 2019 match that was an awesome finish a heart stopper the sun's pipping the blues on the gold coast so yeah you know tough tough start for the blues but this should be the year that carlton challenges for the finals for the first time since 2013 so blues fans you should be looking forward to uh to a pretty good season Really, for God's sake. Okay.
1: I think the, the natural positive is that got, they keep the season open and they get to follow that up by playing a Friday night clash with Collingwood to open the year. So that's really good. However, the opening to the season for Carlton especially is really brutal. Like they have a shocking start. They get Richmond and Collingwood straight off the bat. They get a nice little break, break with Fremantle and they go away to play Gold Coast, and then they finish up with Port Adelaide and Brisbane on the trot. They do play Port Adelaide twice. They also play Collingwood twice, GWS twice. So it's a middling fixture, really, for this team. But I think Carlton, They again, they're looking to jump up the ladder, but I don't, still don't know if it's their year. I still think there's a bunch of young teams ahead of them. But once again... Tough start for Carlton. We'll find out a lot about them million if they can get away well, it really should hold them in good stead for the rest of the year, Casper. Yep,
0: agree with that. If they get off to a good start, then that that proves that they belong in finals football in 2021, I reckon. Now on to Collingwood. They travel away from Melbourne only four times before their bye. They travel away from Melbourne only once after their bye. That's an incredibly kind mm. travel fixture. They travel yeah. once to Perth to play the Eagles. And after the bye, they play Port Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval around 19. That is an incredibly gentle travel fixture. And I can just feel all the Fremantle and all the West Coast and all the Adelaide and Port Adelaide fans just going, Hey, what the heck? Why is their travel schedule so gentle it's called coming from a city that has nine of the 18 teams in a competition being based in said city it helps those teams in terms of traveling definitely helps them um how about you patty what would you say was the positive aspect for the magpies
1: yeah as you you, as you said casper it's it's bonkers to see this happen in a national competition. But as you say, this is what happens when the, pretty much the majority of the teams are located in the one real world well, city, to be honest. Um, sorry, Geelong supporters, but <laughs> naturally 14 games at the MCG will always be a positive. They've only got one, as you say, trip interstate state in the last six rounds. And in the first block of fixturing that's been released, they have the most Thursday or Friday night matches. So they've got four. Um, the only real negative is that when they do travel, they're not getting the bunnies. They travel to play Brisbane, Port Adelaide, and West Coast. Yep. I'm particularly looking forward to that West Coast game. It's always a cracker over there at Optus Stadium. The oh, teams they play yep. twice. Oh yeah, Brisbane, Carlton, Essendon, Port Adelaide, West Coast. So it's a it's a solid fixture. I think it's probably the teams they for so the teams they play twice. I think it's harsher than their ladder position was at the end of 2020. So. We'll see how it goes for Collingwood. I, I have I have my reservations on this team, especially after their off season. So I think it's a it's a kind fixture regarding travel, but as for the teams that they do play, I think it's on the harsher side there. But then again, playing fourteen games at the MCG sort of offsets that.
0: You know what else? Uh, playing fourteen games at the MCG helps offset the brutal start. This is, I think. Oh, yeah. quite possibly the toughest start to the fixture for uh, any team in the competition. They play Adam Trulaw and his new team at DMCG in round one. I'm so excited for that game. Oh, yeah. And Collingwood fans, look, look, right, Collingwood fans. It's not just because I dislike Collingwood. It's mostly because I dislike Collingwood. But I also dislike the way that Adam Trulaw was treated. He's such a great player for you guys. And to kick him out the way that you guys did, was absolutely disgusting. And so I hope that the Bulldogs absolutely bury you guys. But I don't know, that's just me. Moving on to round two, Carlton. Round three, Brisbane at the Gabba. Round four, the Giants at the MCG. And someone might be saying, well, the Giants don't play well at the MCG. Remember the last time that Collingwood hosted the Giants at the MCG? Worked out pretty well for GWS. West Coast in round five out west in Perth before the Anzac Day game against Essendon. Now, Collingwood fans, in case you were wondering if that was your only tough stretch of the season, uh, unluckily for you, it's not. Heading into their bye is a tough stretch, too, with a potential trip-up game against the Crows at the Adelaide Oval, sandwiched in between games at the MCG against Port Adelaide, Geelong, and Melbourne. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Aside from the Adelaide game, out of all those matches, I can't see them being favorites in any of them. Maybe the Anzac Day, Anzac Day game. Maybe. I don't know. But that's a brutal, brutal, brutal run. Speaking of Anzac Day game, on to the uh, Bombers. Now, I may be a little bit biased. Uh, no, scratch that. I am absolutely 100 biased when i say this but we have winnable double ups honestly i can see us winning eight to ten of our matches against hawthorne north melbourne collingwood gws and sydney that's a that's a pretty decent slate of double up mm. matches for us uh, the advantage of having an awful 2020 season also we play geelong and geelong um and, yeah, you know, Geelong and Geelong, that's a, that's a tough assignment for anyone. But the last time that Essendon played the Cats in a regular season game in Geelong was 1993. Pretty good year for us. Honestly, I would say probably one of the best years for us. Maybe an omen. Hey, who knows? One can dream, right? Yes. And we finished 13th, which was the same position the year Tigers finished in in 2016. So, anyway, have. anyone can dream. Anyone can dream. Who knows? Any anyone can win the premiership in, in January, that's for sure. Uh Patty, what do you think of Essendon's fixture?
1: Yeah, as you say, it's it's kinda like like the AFL have respected Brisbane. They're now understanding where Essendon are at. You know, they've given them a bit of a, a bit of a gentle ride in twenty twenty one. Hawthorne, North Melbourne and Sydney twice. And of the teams that made the finals, there's only one of them and it's Collingwood. So I think Essendon have got away fairly luckily with the fixture. Um, I think, you know, they kick off the season playing Hawthorne straight away, which is always an entertaining clash, no matter where these sides are on the ladder. An Essendon-Hawthorne game is always good to sit down and consume for two and a half hours. But really, from round two onwards, it is a tough little getaway where they have to play Port Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. St. Kilda at Marvel, they play the Swans at the SCG and then Brisbane at the Gabba. So that's a tough little period. And there's a fair old chance, really, looking at that fixture and looking at their first game with Hawthorne, that they enter round seven being two or four. That's estimating they beat the Hawks and the Swans because I can't really see them defeating Port Adelaide or St. Kilda or Brisbane. So, and um, yeah. So I think it's a difficult start for the Dons. If they do really climb up the ladder this year, if, if they're, they're off season, which wasn't great with the amount of players that they did lose, but if that manages to sort of be offset by some really good performances earlier in the year, they'll, they'll be very happy because I think this is, their, this is their tough part of the season, the first two months.
0: I would agree with that. Look, a lot has been made about our tough start to the year, but I want to look at the final three games of the season. If we need to secure a finals berth somewhere in those three matches, we have to do it against the Bulldogs in round 21, the Suns at Metricon Stadium the next round, and then Collingwood in the final game. Right. Okay. So the last time we played in round 21 against the Western Bulldogs was 2019, where we kicked the first goal, and in case anyone listening doesn't know, the Dogs then proceeded to kick 21 goals in a row, and we lost by 104 points. And I was just sitting there listening to all the Bulldogs fans bantering around me, and I felt like I wanted the earth to open up beneath me and just swallow me. It was an awful experience. My first 100-point-plus loss that I've experienced live, don't recommend it. Definitely gets a zero out of zero uh, trip review on TripAdvisor. Definitely a bad Yelp review. Oh, It was awful. And then we played the Suns, where we had a draw against them in 2020. And they are going to get Rao back. Hopefully, he plays an entire season. But he's going to have we are going to have Rao, you're going to have Rankin, you're going to have Noah Anderson, a lot of great young players, and I'm not sure we can go with them. And then we play Collingwood in the final round. And if we lose that, egg on my face, because I've already texted one of my Collingwood supporting friends, uh, Liam, who is a common uh, contributor to this podcast. Shout out to you, Liam. I I, <laughs> I said to him that Essendon is, already, is going to win their two games against Collingwood in 2021, and it's going to be really easy know so who knows anyways moving on additionally Essendon fans would have loved the reunion the homecoming matches against the Orazio Fantasia and Joey Danaher and both of those games are away but I mean aside from that the 2021 fixture is pretty kind for the Bombers Yeah. moving on to the Anchorman I think that Fremantle has a great start to the season They have Melbourne, Carlton, Adelaide at home while also playing, uh, uh, excuse me, away, while also playing GWS, Hawthorne, North Melbourne at home. I would not be surprised if they win all of their matches to start the season. They could be six from six, which Fremantle fans would probably be uh, a much welcomed reversal of that awful 2016 season when you started uh, ONG 0 oh, and 11, I think. Um, but yeah, look, good good start to the season for Fremantle. What do you think, Patty?
1: Yeah, the, the start is good, but um, unfortunately for the Dockers, the end is atrocious. Um, they have to go to Tasmania to play the Hawks, Geelong at Optus, Swans at the SCG, Richmond at Optus, Brisbane at the Gabba, West Coast at Optus, and then the Saints at Marvel to finish the year. So that's a shocker. Right. You've got the reigning premiers, the other grand finalists in Geelong. You've got the, preli- the preliminary finalists in Brisbane, West Coast, who are competitive every year. You've got the Derby there. You've got, got the Saints who matter to the semis in that, in that as well. And then you have to, the teams that didn't make the finals, you have to go travel to play them. So that's not going to be a lot of fun. Um, and that is classic late season roadkill. If Fremantle are out of finals contention by that point, that is going to be a really ugly period because there's going to be a fair few teams in there who are going to be contending for finals and contending for top four positions, jockeying for qualifying final slots. It's going to be a bit of a bloodbath if they're not contending for a final position. So they've got 10 interstate trips, which as a interstate club, that's never a lot of fun. But on the positive side, they get back-to-back home games before they bye at round 14. And their Len Hall tribute game falls on Anzac Day Eve this year, which is a really nice little twist in fixturing. So I think it's, as for the sides they play twice, Sydney, West Coast, Hawthorne, Brisbane and Carlton, it's probably around the mark for Fremantle, who are, I think, steadily sneaking up on a elimination final berth, I think, in the next two to three years. Well, So... It's an okay fixture for Fremantle. They've got that nice start, but that little run at the end of the year, it looks like a, a fairly brutal end if they're not in a good space come the later part of the season.
0: That is a, You're right. That is a tough stretch to end the season. I want to just touch upon those double-ups because I think that's the biggest negative for Fremantle, right? I know they had a good 2020 season, but, geez, AFL, you could have thrown them a bone or two, right? They play West Coast twice. Look, I know. But still. They play Brisbane twice. Tough. They play potential 2021 finalists, Sydney and Carlton twice. And they also play Hawthorne twice. Now, they should belt Hawthorne at home. But the return game is in Tasmania, a state where Hawthorne normally win. In fact, almost always win and a state where Fremantle normally always don't. I I don't actually know if this is true, but I don't think they've actually won in Tasmania, ever. What a time to get their first win, eh? In Tasmania, yep,
1: yep, exactly.
0: In fact, circle that picture, Fremantle do fans. The drought will end. Finally, you will win a game in Tasmania, hopefully. Uh, moving on to Geelong. All right, I like that they play another big Victorian club at home. In recent years, they've played Carlton, Richmond, and Hawthorne at GMHBA Stadium during the regular season, though it should be noted that they played Hawthorne there when no fans were allowed at the stadium. They also played Collingwood a couple of times there during the preseason, and now for the first time in a regular season match, Round 16, the Bombers are coming to town. Maybe... It's a step closer to hosting 11 matches per home-and-away season down in Geelong. Who knows? Very kind start to the year as well, with Brisbane, North Melbourne, and West Coast traveling to Geelong. The Cats playing the Crows in Adelaide, as well as the Swans in Sydney. Sydney has, um, in the last few seasons, have had an awful, awful, awful home record. And Hawthorne and Melbourne at the MCG. The Cats should, should aim to be 7 from 7 after that stretch. Yeah. If they are five and two or worse, serious questions are going to be asked about them, I
1: reckon. Yeah, I tend to agree. They they get away really nicely Geelong, so it's sort of really well set up because they can get about 2 months of work into seeing how their side functions with the three big additions, Higgins, Jeremy Cameron, Isaac Smith before it really starts to get a bit difficult. Um, I think it's a pretty good fixture. Again, Essendon down to Geelong, as you say, um, the teams they play twice, Richmond and Brisbane, St Kilda, Melbourne and North Melbourne. So it's at that really tougher end. They've got two top four teams from last year, another top eight team, Melbourne who nearly made the top eight and and North Melbourne who will probably be pretty poor, it's fair to say, this year. The big negative really from that is that they have to play Richmond twice at the MCG and we know that Richmond at the MCG are very hard to beat. So that's a big one. But really, I think Geelong have gotten away really well. The amount of sides that they have coming down to play them at Geelong is going to be really good, especially early on. So, yeah, look, I think I think Geelong have gotten away pretty well.
0: Yeah, look. I have to say this, Geelong fans, right? you got to hope that they get off to a great start to the year because their ending is potentially very, very, very tough. Even though most of the games are in Victoria, they do, as you mentioned, Patty, play against the Tigers in a quote-unquote home game at the MCG. They play a potentially tricky matchup against Carlton at the MCG. They also play Fremantle in Perth, and they play against North Melbourne in... In Tasmania, and the kangaroo mm. barely lose in Hobart, and I don't, I can't think of the last time that Geelong played in Tasmania. Um, maybe it's the first time, so they're not used to the ground, they're not used to the conditions. Uh, and Tasmania in winter, I've been told, is very, very, very cold. Um, so they might oh, want to bring the uh, no, yeah. Cold, yeah, they might want to bring the uh, woolen mittens down for that game. Uh, they also finished look, they finished the a season, right? With three straight home games. And I looked at it at first and I thought, oh, okay, that's kinda like twenty eighteen when they finished two games in a row at home to finish off the season. Here's the major difference between the end of the twenty twenty-one fixture and the end of the twenty eighteen fixture. The end of the twenty eighteen fixture, Geelong played Gold Coast and Fremantle, two teams where they won. Um, they won against both of those teams by over 100 points, including, I th- believe they kicked 22 or 23 goals in a row to end that game against Fremantle and won by 133 points. This time, they play the Giants, who won the last time that they went to Geelong. They play Melbourne, who, aside from a couple of exceptions, generally play Geelong close in Geelong and a Saints team who would undoubtedly be out to prove something right before finals. That's a tough stretch to end the season, even if it is at home. Yeah. Moving on to the Gold Coast Suns. Now I think the biggest positive for them has got to be the end of their season. For a team that has a bad recent history of fading out as the season progresses, playing the Giants, Dogs, Demons, Blues, and Dons, as yeah, well as nice. a few clash that could go that could go either way, and a game against a Sydney team who they demolished in 2020, that's a nice last seven games for the
1: Suns. Yeah. The Suns have got a good one. Um... I like this fixture for them. They only play the two top eight sides from last year. One of them is their state neighbour in Brisbane. The other is the Bulldogs who bowed out in the elimination final stage. So it's a nice fixture really for a team that many thought after their early form would make their finals debut in 2020. Um, The only real negative in their fixturing is a pretty tough run up to their bye. They play the Pies, Saints, Lions, Cats and Hawks. So that little four team run run of final sides up to the rest is up to round 12 is going to be a little bit of a struggle for Gold Coast, but they're going to be super excited. I think the other big positive for them is that they've already been given one blockbuster game by the AFL fixturing department in the first six weeks. So that bodes really, really well for the rest of the season where they're going to hopefully be given a bunch more primetime games. The fact it's against Adelaide indicates that this the AFL wants to see them on TV and wants to see the Suns winning games, which you'd expect they would against Adelaide. So, good fixture for the Suns. Big year, tense year in the competition. So, it's going to be a really exciting season for Gold Coast. I will say this.
0: With their kind start and kind end to the year in terms of who they play, there are no excuses for a poor season. In previous years, yeah, there may have been excuses. You know, 2019, they were young. 2020, you know, they you are. Yeah, 2018, they had to play their first 11 games away or so because of the Commonwealth Games. There's no excuses anymore, Gold Coast. They've got to pick up, pick up your game, all right? And if not then I reckon the pressure may start to come for Stewart Uh Moving on to the Giants. I reckon they have a pretty kind set of double-ups in their draw. GWS, they would be happy with double-ups against Essendon, Melbourne, Carlton and Sydney. Now, they play the Tigers twice as well. I can't see GWS beating the tigers even if that game is bizarrely at marvel stadium but in sydney the tigers have struggled to win at giant stadium that could very well be another victory for them honestly i can honestly see them right very realistically winning all but one of those double up matches
1: Mm. yeah it's it's a nicer fixture for the giants it's sort of that You've seen it happen before, like with the Bulldogs after their 2016 premiership, where a team that's really better than their previous year's ladder position gets a nice, kind fixture and you're looking at it and you go, geez, this team really should be in the finals considering who they play twice. Like Carlton, Essendon, Melbourne, Sydney, like the Giants you'd think are going to win, well, that's if that's eight games, they should win at least seven. Then you've got the double with Richmond where you think that they can probably take one at their home ground where Richmond haven't really beaten them until that. Um, since they were a team full of teenagers, really, in the early 2010s. So it's a nice fixture for the Giants. They only play the one top eight side um, twice, as we've mentioned with Richmond. But to end the year, it's probably a tougher three weeks than they would like to have. They've got to go get port at home. Then they have to go down the highway in, in Victoria. So they've got to travel to Victoria, then go down the highway to play the Cats. They get Richmond at home and then they get Carlton also in Victoria to finish the year out. So if they are in a contending position or contending for a few spots in the, in the top eight as the season dies away into finals, it's going to be a tough finish. But it's a favourable fixture for the Giants. It really is. And they are too good to miss finals. They were too good to miss finals last year. Yeah, they've lost a few players, but the talent is still there. So, big year for Leon Cameron. And if if you think if they don't make it again this year, he might be gone. You just get the sense.
0: Well, well, big call, but I reckon you're right. Uh, The keys to the Ferrari may be handed over to someone else. I, I also wrote down that the end of the season was quite tough with GWS. But I'll say this. The start is very tricky for GWS as well. They play the Saints at home, the Demons and the Dogs in Canberra, as well, Fremantle, Collingwood, and Sydney away. And that's the start of the season. They could very well be winless at the end of that. Now, combine that with the tough end to the season that they have, which you just talked about, Patty, they better hope that their middle, that their performance in the middle part of the season is nearly flawless, because yowch. Gosh darn, that is tough. That is really, really tough for GWS. But moving on to Hawthorne, a potentially tricky, this is the only nice thing that I can say for Hawthorne's fixture, a potentially tricky run home is lessened in difficulty somewhat by the fact that they play Port in Melbourne. And even though it's at at Marvel State, who would have preferred the MCG? Nevertheless, it's in Melbourne. It could have been a lot worse. That game could have been at the Adelaide Oval. Fremantle and Tasmania, where Fremantle don't win, so Hawthorne should win that game. Brisbane at the MCG, where the Hawks won opening game of the 2020 season. And the Dogs in Tasmania, where once again the Hawks barely lose. The fixture gurus were kind to the Hawks there in regards to where those games are actually scheduled to be played.
1: Hmm. Yeah, the Hawks, again, it's a fairly middling, middle-of-the-road fixture for, a, I'll be honest, a fairly middle-of-the-road team. I can't really see Hawthorne making too much noise this year. They do play a match in Darwin in 2021 against Gold Coast, which I think will be really interesting. They, the, the fact that they play Adelaide and Essendon twice is a bit of a gift. I think there'll be two teams who Hawthorne will really fancy winning all four or at least three you think if they, if they split those 50-50, they'll be in a fair bit of trouble. Though, speaking about a fair bit of trouble, I think the AFL don't really trust Hawthorne anymore. I think they're off the wagon, and you can tell that because in the first six rounds that have been released by the AFL, on Thursday and Friday, you will not find the Hawthorne Footy Club, which is a rarity, really. In recent history, Hawthorne have always been Know, well-fixtured because they've always been a, a competitive team, but the AFL have sort of stepped away from that. So no blockbuster night games, no prime time for Hawthorne in the first six weeks. So you can't imagine that there'll be a change of heart when the rest of the fixture is eventually released. So, yeah, I think I think Hawthorne, the, the highlight, the thing I'm really excited for is that they're going to play that game in Darwin for Sir Doug Nicholls' round. Mm. which will be exciting. And I think they'll, they've mentioned uh, in their reception of the fixture that they're absolutely elated to have that. But can't see too much really here for Hawthorne that stands out. And I think that really will is an indication of where the club will be at, I think, for the upcoming footy season.
0: I agree with that, Patty, And I think the tone for the season for the Hawks is going to be set very early in that opening stretch, they play Fremantle in Perth. And in Melbourne, they play Essendon at Marvel Stadium, where we play our best football. I know that's not saying a lot, but still, we play, ex- we play exponentially better at Marvel Stadium than we do at any other stadium. And then they play Richmond, Geelong, and Melbourne at the MCG, you know, sprinkled in those opening rounds as well. I expect them, in all honesty, to be five from five L's during that stretch. And do you know what? I am very happy about that. Moving on to Melbourne. I like their start and I like the end to their mm. season. These are not not too difficult, but not too easy either. Look, you don't want an easy end to the season if you're a finals contender. Because if you do get into finals football, I think it I think a soft end to the season kind of softens you up for finals right? It doesn't prepare you all that well. Look at Geelong, right? 2018, as I previously mentioned, two big crushing victories against two roadkill teams to end the season, get into finals football and they get crushed by Melbourne. So, I kind of like that. I want to highlight their start especially. Fremantle, Geelong, Hawthorne, Richmond at the MCG, St. Kilda at Marble Stadium and GWS in Canberra. If honestly they want to play finals, they should be aiming to win at least... I originally wrote down four of those matches, but they should win at least five or six. Yeah, They could win all those games. Realistically, four to six of those games, they should aim to win if they want to make finals football.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like it, either end of the fixture, Melbourne have tough runs. This The starts of the year where they go, as you've mentioned, the Saints-Giants-Cats, little triplet, which will basically mean that If they are slow out of the blocks, they're going to be right behind the pack with a lot of work to do. And it doesn't get that easy as well towards the end of the year. In the last month, they've got the Bulldogs at home, but they have to travel to play West Coast and Geelong. So that's not going to be a lot of fun um, for the Ds. But the middle of the year naturally sort of improves that a bit. It's, again, a sort of middling fixture. The team just missed out in the finals and you think they'd be right amongst it again this year. Big addition in Ben Brown is going to, well, it's going to really mean that Melbourne's going to be hard to not watch because there's going to be a lot that will change with this footy club. Adelaide twice and Hawthorne twice is a nice little gift. Again, there's four wins that they really should bank. I'm looking forward to seeing the games against the Bulldogs and and Geelong. They're always entertaining. Got a great relationship with those clubs if we're talking about football. So, yeah, I think the D's will be happy with this fixture. Again, getting the Anzac Eve with Richmond, which will be big. Um, they just need to make sure that they, they get away well because it's not going to get easy at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, that uh, that last game, round 23, Geelong and Geelong. Yikes, Melbourne fans. Yeah. Oh, geez, the ground where PTSD. have lots of fond memories of. Oh, geez, heartbreakers and blowouts galore. I don't know what's more painful. Zach Tui kicking the winning goal after the sirens to pick them in 2018 or the 186-point loss in 2011. Look, all I can say is Melbourne supporters better hope that a top four, six, or eight spot is not on the line for them uh, in round 23 because, man, if they need to win to get in, uh, good luck with that. Melbourne is all I can say. Moving on to North Melbourne. I like the fact that they held on to their Good Friday game uh, this year, returning to the Kangaroos v. Bulldogs match, which blessed us in 2017 with an epic Oh, North Melbourne lost on the siren. And I am hoping for an exact repeat of that. (laughs) Exact repeat, please. Before God's, that would be wonderful. And they bring a big Victorian club to Tasmania for the first time in years with Geelong making a trip across, to, uh, across the uh, Abel Isle here. I think it's a decent fixture for the Kangaroos.
1: Yeah, I think, I think they get away really well. Um, I think North Melbourne will be really happy with this. They get like, a fairly reasonable run with the teams that they double up against. The Geelong one isn't great fun. I think they've always had a good run against the Bulldogs, which is exciting, um, really, like five games in Tassie is, is remarkable. And I think they'll be really looking forward to that after not being there pretty much at all in 2020. So, um, yeah, good for the Kangaroos. Um, I'm pretty happy with that. The only issue I think that they would have really looking at this is that as far as travel goes, they do have to go to Perth twice, which will be a fair old hike. But for a team that's rebuilding and has got a lot of young guys that are going to blood, I mean, they've pretty much turned over nearly a third of their list at the end of 2020. So I don't think they're going to be expecting to be contending. And if that's the approach of the club, then I think this fixture is pretty acceptable for the Kangaroos.
0: I would agree with that, although I completely forgot about the end of their season. It's a tough run to end the year for North Melbourne. Gold Coast, Western Bulldogs, West Coast, Essendon, Carlton, Geelong, Richmond, Sydney, before playing Adelaide in Adelaide to end the season. That's a tough run. That's a that's a, that's a bit of a tough run to end the year for North Melbourne. So I think North Melbourne fans got to hope that they grab a few wins at the start because uh, that last few games uh, could be a barren run for them. I reckon to end the year. On to Port Adelaide. That's a nice couple of games to start the year. North Melbourne at Marvel Stadium and Essendon at the Adelaide Oval. Man, that's a that's a nice start. They, I bet Port Adelaide supporters, right, every single Port supporter probably has round four circled in their calendars already. Friday night, Friday the 9th of April at the Adelaide Oval versus Richmond. And I suspect that they'll get a lot more time games too once the rest of the season unfolds.
1: Yeah. On, sorry, Kospa, Could you repeat that last bit, sorry, mate? Well, good. The uh,
0: joys of rural internet, ladies and yep, gentlemen, and the Fair joys of uh, of uh, doing calls over Zoom. Oh, Australia! Please get your act together in terms of internet speed. Please, like I, I, beg you, I beg you. But what I said for Port Adelaide is that uh, I expect that they'll get a lot more prime time games too once the rest of the season fixture is um, is gradually unveiled with all the times, et cetera,
1: as the season goes on. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I think Port Adelaide have got a really kind end to the year, funnily enough, which they will be, I think, pleasantly surprised with finishing with Adelaide Carlton, the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, the Western Bulldogs game is away. But for a team that will be, you know, that finished first last year and will be aiming to finish first again, you'd hope so, and was a straight kick away from being in the grand final, it's a very kind finish. Um, as is really their opening pair of games, so they have North Melbourne and Essendon, which really is 2 and 0 before it starts to get a bit difficult. Playing Adelaide and Carlton and even Collingwood twice is re- especially kind, and as, as far as Top eight teams, St Kilda and Western Bulldogs twice. They've gotten away really well Bull Adelaide. I think this is the kindest fixture offered to a top eight or top four team by a fair old way. Um, I think the only real negative is that their run from round three to round seven of West Coast, Richmond, Carlton, St Kilda and Brisbane is is the toughest run they have of the year. Um, And they also do have the benefit, I think, of hosting – what looks like it should be game of the year on paper, which is the preliminary final rematch against Richmond at Adelaide Oval, which will be enormous. And we hope we get a capacity crowd in to see that one.
0: Absolutely. And I totally agree with you with that stretch. That stretch is absolutely brutal. If they muck up against one of Essendon or North Melbourne during that first stretch of the year, their backs are against the wall immediately but I mean aside from that yeah. it's a pretty good fixture yeah On to the Tigers the two-time reigning premiers in the first 10 games of the year get ready to get triggered AFL interstate fans non-Victorian fans they leave Melbourne only twice Port Adelaide in round four and the Lions at the Gabba in round ten. And of their eight games in Melbourne during that stretch, six of them are at the MCG. There is no place like home, truly. They already also they also already play two Thursday night games and one Friday night game during the first six rounds. I expect them to get a lot of prime time throughout the season. And I think the first six rounds illustrate that. Um, and so they should get a lot of primetime games because they're a bunch of show offs. Anyways, what do you reckon of the Tigers fiction, mate?
1: Yeah, look, it's, it's always going to be difficult with this interstate uh, the debate because it is unfair if it's a national competition. I mean, Richmond get 14 games at the MCG. It's their, it's a happy hunting ground. You look at 2018, where they pretty much exclusively won at the G and exclusively lost elsewhere. So that's pretty much all you need to know. At the end of the year, they only leave the MCG three times in 13 games, which is bonkers. Um, and their tough run, where they play the Bulldogs, the Cats, the Giants and the Brisbane in the same months, they only have one of those games away from the MCG, the Brisbane one at the Gabba. So the Tigers will be stoked. As they, as they really should be with this fixture. Um, as far as teams they play twice, it's pretty much as difficult as you can get with Brisbane, Geelong, St Kilda, the Giants and Hawthorne. Three top eight teams and then another team really should have made the top eight in the Giants and Hawthorne are no chumps. They did smash Richmond last year. So it's a solid it's a solid fixture for the Tigers. The AFL pretty much tried to make it as as hard as they can without really within the means and restrictions of having a team, having a competition where most teams are located in the one state. So yeah, except the Tigers to be right on It is, I'm sure, gratifying for the wider AFL community to see Richmond have to travel in the last month, whether they have to go to play the Giants at, um, in Western Sydney. But apart from that, it's a, it's a fairly gentle, gentle on travel for Richmond, but as you say, a lot of blockbusters we expect to come when the rest of the fixture drops.
0: Absolutely. Look, plainly, can I just mention this? The Giants at Marvel Stadium, that is a weird, weird, weird fixture quirk from the MCG. They, Tigers probably would want, would prefer that game to be at the MCG, but, you know, it's in Melbourne, no biggie. The Lions, Giants, Eagles, Power, That's a tough away billing for any team, even if you have won the last two premierships in a row. The Tigers may need to rely on their MCG magic again in order to win the premiership. Not getting to host at least one of their Dreamtime or Anzac Eve matches this year would surely be a disappointment for them. I I, Mm. I think that they would have expected to host at least one of those games, um, and they're getting none. So I think that would be a disappointment for them. But overall, not too much to complain about for the yellow and black as uh, Dustin Martin. Yeah, boy. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Jeez, nearly just shredded my vocal cords. Moving on to the Saints. I like the fact that they play nine of their first 13 games at Marvel Stadium. One of the remaining games in that stretch, they play at Kizalee Stadium up in far north Queensland where they, you know, they're kind of already used to playing in far north Queensland, right? They play the Crows there in the preseason, and they play the Suns. They played the Suns in Townsville in 2019. That's a great foundation for the year, for the Saints, I think, a really good foundation.
1: Yeah. I still have a think that the Saints have the toughest fixture of the whole lot, to be honest, because this is a... Again, it's the respect shown by the AFL to really acknowledge how good the Saints were in 2020. But goodness gracious me, they played Geelong, Port Adelaide, Richmond, West Coast twice. And then the the one team which isn't a top eight team is Sydney and that there's certainly no market either. So that's brutal. They get a nice early run at Marvel Stadium. They play four games in a row right there. Three of those are on free-to-air, which is nice. So they're going to be stoked with that start and they should really get a wriggle on nice and early. They're going to need to because they're going to be behind the eight ball at at certain points with just how hard their fixture is. It's pretty brutal. But I think the Saints will really be happy to see that, to be honest, because they are good enough. They were good enough last year. And when you add Brad Crouch, Jack Higgins... Sean McKernan into the mix. I think they'll be okay. So I'm excited to see what the Saints can do with it. I think they'll be really up for the challenge. But, geez, if it doesn't go well, it's 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 going to head downhill rather quickly. So I'll cross my fingers for Saints supporters, hoping that doesn't happen.
0: I want to know, does someone at the AFL have a personal vendetta against the Saints? Because they're double-ups. Oh, I know you talked about it, but can we just... Like, welcome back to finals, Saints fans. As a reward, here are two matches against Geelong, West Coast, Port Adelaide, Richmond, and a Swans team that should improve and against whom you guys have struggled against over the last decade or so. Good luck with that, because you're going to need it. Moving on to those Swans. If Sydney are in a position to challenge for finals, come the final few rounds of the 2021 home and away season fixture the draw sets them up for a run at September maybe the dogs Giants Essendon kangaroos away as well as hosting Fremantle St Kilda and Gold Coast not a terrible end to the year for Sydney honestly that's a doable end to the season for the Swans can they capitalize on it maybe maybe Probably Hmm. not. But, you know, endless possibilities in January. Endless possibilities.
1: Exactly. Anyone can win the flag in January. You just have to believe it. Exactly. Um, Yeah, Swans, they get this really cool game, which I'm excited to see, which is the Marn game versus Carlton round 11, part of the Indigenous rounds, I suppose, this year. Um, And the fixture on the whole is really kind. They actually struggle to really find a negative for the Swans because of the teams they play twice, I think the hardest of that is maybe St Kilda. So, and they get Essendon Fremantle, Gold Coast twice. So they're all competitive games. They don't really have too many like abject blood baths, uh, apart probably from that Richmond round three game, which could be fairly ugly if it gets away from them. 11 games at the SCG, which they'll be excited for. The six games in Melbourne, which the South Melbourne contingent, which still exists around the now Sydney footy club, are going to love. So I think this, the Swans and their, their coverage has all been extremely positive. The, all the interactions on social media, they're very happy with their fixture. And I think they, really they should be. Um, so the young team that really excited me on a few different occasions last year, continue. To get a nice little run from the AFL, which is good to see.
0: Good run from the AFL, but the start to the year is tricky. Brisbane, is tricky. Richmond, GWS, Gold Coast, and Geelong, as well as Essendon, and Sydney and Essendon, fan, uh, Sydney and Essendon games are nearly always close. Honestly, out of all the teams in the competition, why on earth? Why on earth do I support those two teams when those games between them are always heart stoppers? I don't know why. Couldn't why couldn't I be? Why couldn't I be a I don't know Richmond and Gold Coast supporter? Why couldn't I be that? <laughs> right? You get the Cart Michael Hunt game, and that's about it. Right? Every single other game has been like a bloodbath. Right? At least at least. You know, you don't get heart palpitations watching the Tigers and the Suns play. But nevertheless, it should be a good game. They also get the Crows at the SCG, which is interesting. Uh, That game could potentially be an easy win for the Swans, or it could be a big loss because though the Crows are the Crows, they play quite well at the SCG. Additionally, this is the fourth year in a row that they've played away from home to start the season. Okay, to explain that, AFL? No, didn't think so. Mm. Right. Moving on to West Coast, after the bye, they play six out of the final ten games at home, which is, I think, the best that they could ask for, being uh, being an interstate non-Victorian club, including big potential finals-shaping matchups at home against Richmond, Melbourne, the Western Bulldogs, and St Kilda. They could help shape the finals. Before having to travel to Southeast Queensland in round 23, which would absolutely be ideal. That's a nice end to the season. A lot of games at home, as opposed to 2020, where at that time of the 2020 season they had to enter the uh, their second hub of the season.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's a, It's a. I think it's quite kind for West Coast through really, this fixture um St killed Western Bulldogs twice which uh those are the hardest of the their double ups which I think is pretty reasonable so that's um that's quite the positive obviously Fremantle twice with the Derby and then the other one is Adelaide so that's pretty good for West Coast when you consider this team for two years in a row has really shot themselves in the foot approaching the finals <laughs> they don't if they do if they manage to do it again this year like It's. They have no one to blame but themselves. They've been given a real, a nice run from the AFL here. I think their their start is a little bit scary. They go away to play the Dogs. They come home to deal with Port Adelaide. Then go away to play the Saints. Then they have uh, Collingwood back at home, and they go away to play Geelong in Geelong. So that six week period is going to be a little bit nasty. And and the, the one game I'm excluding out of that is the opener against Gold Coast, who, if you remember, they managed to lose to in round two of 2020. So those first seven games are going to be extremely formative and there's a dead set chance that really they could be like two and five and still be playing good footy. They just have to deal with some really good teams off the bat. So... That's the, that's the scary bit for West Coast. Once they get past that little that little rut, they, they go okay. They have that big, big game against Brisbane to finish the year at the Gabba, which is going to be a challenge. But considering they get Melbourne and Fremantle in the two weeks before that, I think it's fairly reasonable. So West Coast, harsh start. But once they get past that, pretty much their masters of their own destiny depending on how they begin the year so they better hope for the in exact opposite of how they re, uh, restarted the 2020 season where they just completely fell off the cliff to, to start the year in a hub so i think west coast no excuses this year
0: agreed absolutely no excuses they have to get over their mental demons about playing in Southeast Queensland. They have to. I don't know what oh, it yes. is, but they just have to get over it, especially because I think that round 23 game against Brisbane at the Gabba is going to shape something. Whether it shapes the top four, top six, top eight, it's going to shape something significant come finals time. And West Coast, they're going to want to be the ones doing the shaping and not the ones being shaped. Moving on to the Western Bulldogs primetime doggies in 2021. Yay. If the opening six games of the year are anything to go by, they play three times on Friday, one in the late afternoon, and twice at night, including Good Friday against North Melbourne, the Adam Trelaw Revenge Show in round one against Collingwood, and the Giants in Canberra in round six. And GWS Western Bulldogs matches are always always interesting to watch i love watching those games because you just i yeah, just love seeing the little mind games that go on between those two teams oh they are great if they could play another finals game against each other in the next few seasons oh, that would be good. Please. oh please and please make it a good game football gods like the 2016 prelim final and not a boring one like the 2019 elimination final but anyways um they play 10 games at marvel stadium doesn't seem like a lot but after round 15, they only leave Victoria twice against the Suns on the Gold Coast and against Hawthorne in Tasmania. They start off the year with five out of seven games in Melbourne. Only... Uh, excuse me. They start off five of the seven games at home. Only one game of those being into, uh, Only one game during that stretch. Excuse me. It is 7 a.m. in the morning, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this. I'm very, very tired. They only travel <laughs> once during that opening stretch to play the Giants in round six, that's a very kind fixture for them to launch off with.
1: Yeah. The, the Dogs are uh, really excited to um, to see that they're for, – for, I think four of their first six are on free to wear. So, the as you were saying, the AFL have given them a big indication that they're going to be on prime time. They get to go back to Ballarat this year. And they get to play Brisbane. So that'll be a really interesting game because you get a genuine contender to play in Ballarat of all places against a team that will also be hoping to contend. So that's going to be a fun one. And it's up near me, so I actually might go. Um, That'll be great. They also get the Good Friday game against North Melbourne, which they'll be stoked with. Again, a little bit of a, a tricky start, as you were mentioning, with Collingwood, West Coast and Brisbane in that first month, as well as the Good Friday uh, suppose it's a blockbuster against North Melbourne, although you'd expect the Dogs should get over the line in that one. Uh, before ending the year, again, two relatively easy games against Essendon and Hawthorne before finishing off with a tough one against Port Adelaide on their home deck for the Dogs. So, a yeah, a relatively good fixture for the Bulldogs. Port Adelaide and West Coast being the hardest of their double-ups. They get North Melbourne, which should be two easy wins, and Gold Coast and Melbourne, which should be hard-fought games, but you'd think that they would at least split that for a good – I reckon it's about a half-and-half, really looking at those double-ups. I think they'll take that. So, yeah, I think the Dogs get away pretty well. Um, They'll be hoping they maintain their presence on free-to-air telly. I think they will. They're an entertaining side to watch. And same with you, Casper. I want another GWS Western Bulldogs game. If it's not a final, then can we at least get the cutthroat round 20 when do they play the Giants? Hopefully later in the season. Let's hope it's a cut-throat game.
0: Yes, absolutely. Totally agree with that. And look, I know I just said that the Dogs have a nice foundation to the year, but man, their first 14 games are tough. Their first 14 games are really tough. Their their one gimme game, I reckon during that stretch, is North Melbourne on Good Friday. That's it. Let Let me run you through their first 14 rounds, shall I? Collingwood. West Coast, North Melbourne, Brisbane, Gold Coast, GWS, Richmond, Carlton, Port Adelaide, St. Kilda, Melbourne, Fremantle, then the bye, thank goodness they get a break somewhere in there, then Geelong in Geelong, and West Coast in Perth. Wow. Good luck with that, dogs. You want to be taken seriously as a premiership contender? Well, here's your chance to prove it. The dog, (laughs) the AFL have not given you a wishy-washy start to the season. That is absolutely brutal. Now, yep. uh, I want to ask you, Patty, uh, some questions. First off, I want to <laughs> ask you, which game during the first six rounds are you most looking forward to?
1: I'm really keen for the Port Richmond game. I think I mentioned it a bit earlier. But preliminary final redux. Ridiculously yep. good game last year. And we, that's just the prelim. We also tend to forget about the regular season game, which put Adelaide 1 by 20 points, which for three quarters was some of, the, some of the best football you'll ever see. So, I mean, these two sides, there's a lot of history here, a lot of good recent history. Adelaide Oval, I believe it's a Friday night game. It's going to be dynamite, I think. So really excited to see this one. Um, and I think by far it's sort of the most exciting game, really, of the fixture. They only play each other the once. Um, but there's a lot of history with these two sides. And I think the AFL will be desperate to pump this out to as many viewers as possible, which is also the reason why it's a 750 Adelaide Oval Channel 7 Friday night blockbuster early in the season. So let's hope that it lives up to the expectation. What about you, Casper?
0: Well, look, I think, uh, I think I've think i got to go with Port Adelaide Richmond as well in round four. You know, they those two teams played... Two of the best games of the 2020 season last year at the Adelaide Oval. You had that awesome game uh, in the middle part of the year where Charlie Dixon kicked that ridiculous goal from the pocket, and Peter Lattens. Oh yeah. In the opposite oh, yeah. pocket. Oh. On the oh goodness gracious me! And they say Ruckman can't kick. That was unbelievable. And then the Prelim Final. What a game that was. Oh, unbelievable. Port Adelaide would absolutely be out for revenge. However, I'm going to point out the game on the following day, the Saturday, talked about it before. You mentioned it, Paddy. The Bulldogs and Brisbane and Ballarat. I am excited for that one. Two premiership contenders in Ballarat, early in the season. It's going to be cold. It's probably going to be wet. It's going to be a miserable day. Let's go. I'm so excited for that game. And obviously, as an Essendon fan, out of the first six games of the year, as first seven games of the year, I am so excited about six of them. I'm excited about Hawthorne, Carlton and Collingwood because of uh, rivalries. I'm excited about Port Adelaide and Brisbane because of Arazio Fantasia and Joey Danaher. And I'm excited about the game against Sydney because I know it's going to give me heart palpitations, but it's going to be entertaining. The only game that I'm not excited about during that stretch is Saint Kilda, because I think the Saints are going to absolutely massacre us. They're going to—they're going to—they're going to eviscerate us. Uh, that is a throwback for our, our long-time listeners. Uh, they're going to absolutely eviscerate us. Now I want to ask you, Patty, the biggest potential landslide during the first six rounds? What do you think? The one game during that first six rounds, yeah, it's what do you it. think? Yikes.
1: Yeah, it's what I mentioned earlier. Um, Adelaide versus Geelong, round one. Adelaide Oval, I think it's just got all the makings of a really, like, biblical smashing. The Cats will be trotting out Jeremy Cameron for the first time, Isaac Smith for the first time, and Sean Higgins for the first time. This is – well, hopefully they, they're not ruled out through injury or any, anything else. This is really step one of the Cats' comeback. They know how close they've been the last two seasons. They were up by four goals in the 2019 prelim. They are up by four goals in the 2020 grand final. And for that effort, there's still no flag since 2011 for Geelong, and they will be ropeable. They are running out of chances. I think they're aware of that, which is why they've really loaded up for this season. Their stars are getting older, and they don't really have that youth coming through. So they've opted to spend their draft picks on established guns. So I think this game is really going to be the first shot from Geelong towards the other contenders, just to let everyone else know how good they are and and where their focus is. And the poor Crows are gonna be in the firing line Saturday, twilight, 4.05. I think it's gonna be an interesting watch to see how Geelong have changed their approach following their grand final defeat, if they've changed it at all. And to see how the young Crows go, against the Titans that are the Cats. They did have, as you mentioned earlier, an improvement towards the end of 2020. Really exciting to see that. But I think this is going to be, I think West Coast versus Melbourne area's 2018 preliminary final.
0: Yikes. 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 Well, I'm going for Geelong as well as my potential biggest winners during the first six games in terms of a margin. But I'm going against North Melbourne, round five, Sunday, April 18th at GMHBA Stadium. Geelong, the dad squad, the dad team against North Melbourne. Look, Kangaroo fans, just look away. Just look away. Just watch anything. Just watch something else, right? The AFLW Grand Final is on that weekend. And North Melbourne's AFLW team, one of the best teams in it, there's a good chance that the Kangaroos are going to be in that game. Watch that game instead. Okay, watch your AFLW team because they are going, they had a good chance to win the premiership, and they are a good chance to win a premiership a lot a lot quicker and a lot sooner than your AFL men's team are North of Melbourne fans. Additionally, if you want to watch more sports aside from the AFLW grand final, the NRL, uh two games, two days before that, the Melbourne Storm take on the Sydney Roosters, two heavyweights of the NRL. I reckon you should watch that game. You may not understand the rules of league or you may find it boring. It's going to be a lot more entertaining to watch than Geelong laying a smackdown on you guys at GMHBA Stadium. Kangaroo fans, do anything except watch that game. Now, biggest matchup of the home and away season in your, uh, in your opinion, Patty?
1: Yeah, I hate, I hate to repeat myself, Um, So I'm going to avoid saying the Port Adelaide-Richmond game again because I just think it's fairly reductionary. You can't really ever go past the grand final replay. And I think round eight, we don't know the exact date for this yet, but it will be sometime from Friday, May 7th to Sunday, May 9th, it'll be Richmond versus Geelong at the MCG. And this is going to be a big boy. This is going to be a big cracking game. Hopefully by this point we have like at least I'd say forty or 50,000 fans at the MCG to see Richmond play the Cats. And we're hoping that this will be a Friday or Saturday night game as well, I'd imagine too. But you can go past that one. So that's my most biggest game of the year, the most biggest, <laughs> <laughs> the biggest game of the year in my opinion. And I think this is – gonna well, and the good thing about this is that we're going to get two of these. We're going to have Richmond play Geelong twice, both times at the MCG, which the Cats won't be happy about. Um, But so the AFL goes. So I think this is the biggest game. I think you've got, again, the Cats out for revenge against Richmond, who've really got them twice now in finals and beaten them three times in finals since 2017. So they'll be out for revenge. The Albertless Cats, as you say, Dad's Army versus Richmond, (laughs) who've endured a fair bit of controversy, including a fresh one to bring in the new year, which I won't touch on. But it's going to be a Big, big, big game, and I think we'll be eyeing this one off for a few weeks in advance. Casper, what about you?
0: I'm also going for a Geelong game, but this time against the Lions, not in round two down at Geelong, but at the Gabba in round 15. Both teams was a lot to prove. Both teams, I think, will be challenging for a top four at that particular stage of the season, and possibly at the end of the year too. While they do play in round two, That is at a ground where one of those two teams has a statistically much greater win rate rate, than their opponent does. Geelong, conversely, plays really well in Queensland, almost as well as Brisbane. Geelong almost never lose at the Gabba. They never lose at the Gabba, unless they're playing in grand finals, apparently. Sorry, Geelong supporters, to bring up memories of that game. Look, I like this matchup. The young up-and-coming team that needs to show that they mean business in finals at home against the dad squad, the dad army, the daddy team. We needing to prove their investment in experience. I'm excited. I'm very excited for that game. I'm excited for football to come back. I miss it. I'm sick of the cricket. The renegades are playing awful. I'm not interested in the BBL anymore because my renegades probably won't make it. Australia's doing only so-so against India. I'm excited for the football. It starts with the AFLW coming back on January 28th and the men's preseason competition starting February 18th. Big game also in Geelong, Geelong v. Essendon. So, you know, hopefully that's going to be a little bit of a warm-up for us before we play Geelong in Geelong. But that's the end Good. of this episode, Patty. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for persisting with my internet. Much appreciated. <laughs>
0: uh, look, for anyone who might not be Australian listening to this, you and, you, and you've never been to Australia, you don't understand the
1: struggles
0: mm. of Australian. Internet. Oh, it's awful. It's it is it it is it it is well known around the world for being so bad for being so awful, right? People have warned other people not to come to our country because of dangerous animals. I say you don't have to worry about sharks. You don't have to worry about crocodiles. Don't yep. worry about... Worry
1: about the upload speed. Yeah,
0: don't worry about drunk bogans. Worry about oh, how long do. it's going to take you to watch a YouTube video. Anyways.
1: Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's pretty That's bad. a whole other podcast though, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Anyways. Dear listener, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Through the Banner Podcast. My name is Catherine McLeod, and until next time, adieu.